Welcome back to the War Report. This is episode seven. And this, as you can see, this episode is called War Games because that is what is being played. But which game? What 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 game is being played and by who? That's what we're gonna get into. So in this episode, yeah, we're gonna talk about briefly the history of China and Taiwan. We're going to go into the Chinese-U.S. conflict as of recent. Talk about the trip Nancy Pelosi made to Taiwan. And uh, the repercussions, the serious repercussions of that trip. You know. And it's pretty pretty crazy because she was only there for eight hours. (laughs) Eight hours. It It made all this hubbub. For an eight-hour trip, where she said nothing really. <laughs> she went there and said, spoke about Ben Franklin, gave a statement from Ben Franklin, and said he was one of our presidents, which he wasn't. So that should tell you what her mindset is. But started a, a conflict just to go to Taiwan. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. The reason the U.S. is doing this is because they want to incite a war between China and Taiwan because they want China destabilized or at least a little busy <laughs> just like they wanted to incite the war between Ukraine and Russia because they want to destabilize them they want them a little busy and also they want these countries to show their hand you know like, if you keep posturing for war, you know, that doesn't show people what you really got in store. And that's kind of what the U.S. wants. You know, that, that the U.S. is masters at destabilization. I mean, they've had many, many, many decades of practice. They're almost pros at it. But we're going to get into the uh, China, China and Taiwan conflict and how it affects us. And how this visit is going to affect us in the future, especially since we <laughs> moonwalk into a recession. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't want to admit it, but we still go in there. It's like walking backwards into it. You know what I mean? As we moonwalk into this recession, how is this eight-hour visit going to affect us? And it is. It is. But first... What games are being played? I think the U.S. is playing, metaphorically, playing chess, right? Chess is a chess is a, is a is a gentleman's game, you know. It's a smart game, you know. You think it moves ahead. The problem is, I think China's playing Go, right? Go is a Chinese board game. Matter of fact, let's, let's go into the definition. Go is an abstract strategy board game for two players. In which one aims to surround more territory than the other. And the game was invented in China more than 2,500 years ago. And it's uh, it's one of the oldest board games still being played today. I think the U.S. is playing chess. But the problem is they're trying to play it on a go board. And uh, China's playing that long game. So, yeah, let, let, let's, let's, let's jump into the history a little bit. You know, so as a result 
of the surrender and occupation of Japan. This is at the end of World War II, right? Taiwan was placed under the governance of the Republic of China, right? This is ROC, Republic of China. Now, a few years after that, China had a civil war, right? And following the end of that Chinese civil war, this is 1949, the ROC government retreated from mainland China to Taiwan. And the communists proclaimed the establishment as the People's Republic of China, right? So there's the ROC, and then there's, you know, the PRC, the People's Republic of China. So the People's Republic of China is who's ruling China now. And the ROC, you know, their remnant fled to Taiwan. Now, they're no longer the ROC. And, you know, China basically sees Taiwan as a, as a, as a state, as a satellite state. They still run them. But this is how the conflict happens. There's been conflict between them ever since. Well, understandably. Now, the U.S. buddies up with Taiwan. The U.S. helps Taiwan. They do a lot of trade together. The U.S. Uh, <laughs> trade weapons with Taiwan. So now you can see how this recent visit from Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan is meant to stir up problems. Because if you go into a place like Taiwan and talk in sentiments of freedom and, you know, democracy and, you know, you're sovereign and free yourself, you know, the, the logical the question would be free yourself from who, Right. And that's obviously China. The problem is, if China sees Taiwan as part of China, there is no freeing yourself. You are us. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, they, you know, they had a civil war. You know, I doubt they want to go into another civil war. Understandably so. That would be like England coming to the U.S. and talking to the southern states saying, free yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, obviously, that's a problem. And it's seen as an act of aggression. And this is what Nancy Pelosi have done with her visit. But really, the U.S. have done. You know, she didn't work alone. This is a tool of destabilization. They act, the U.S. wants the conflict between China and Taiwan to intensify, just as the U.S. wanted the conflict between Ukraine and Russia to intensify. You may ask, like, why would you want that? Why would you want that? Well, because they're adversaries of the U.S., essentially. You know what I mean? And competition. And stirring up conflict between your neighbors, between the neighbors of your adversaries, does a few things. One, it takes up a lot of resources. And it can... It can destabilize them. Also, it makes them show their hand, right? It makes them see what what would you do if you were attacked and invaded. It makes them weaker, right? And that's the point. It distracts them. They're worried about this now. They can't they can't worry about other things. Now I ask you, what is the thing that the U.S. might be trying to distract China and Russia from? 
right? What did they? What have they been doing together? Well, I'll tell you. You know, China and Russia has built a pipeline. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're right next to each other. They're right there. They built a pipeline uh, so they could rely less on the West. Uh, they've been in talks about basically starting a, a new reserve currency. Like currently, the U.S. is like the reserve currency around the world, right? Like a lot of currencies is backed by the USD. The problem is the USD isn't backed by anything but debt, right? So when, so when you have a dollar, you're holding one dollar's worth of the U.S. debt. Like that's what that's what it is. And as rocky as it's been seeming lately, other countries want to find a different reserve that's based on something else, you know, something tangible, maybe minerals, maybe, you know, gold, who knows. But China and Russia has been in talks about that. That will cripple the U.S. from different different sides, right? It'll cripple them financially. It'll, listen, just those two adversaries teaming up is a big problem militarily, if that's a word. <laughs> and uh, the U.S. is doing this de- destabilization thing. That's that's the point. Pardon me. That's what they want to do. But let's get into some of these uh, some of these drills and things. Like we know she went there, she stayed for eight hours, she said a speech. You know, she was guided by all this military. Uh, is a way of the U.S. flexing, saying, hey, you don't want a problem, let our people, you know. And uh, what came with that? You know, how, if you came there to support Taiwan, did your actions actually support Taiwan? Or did it do more damage? <laughs> Not only for Taiwan, but also your relationship with China. Then you, you know, then you say you intended. Let's, let's, let's get right into it. Chinese and Taiwan uh, Navy boats staying close to the straight median line, right? So about 10 Chinese and Taiwan Navy boats continue to stay close to the median line of the Taiwan Strait. This was last Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you know, both sides have so- shown restraint so far. Uh, but it's 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 a harrowing thing. It's a harrowing thing, you know, because it's getting us closer. It's getting us closer to that that big war. It says Taiwan officials said Chinese aircrafts and warships ships rehearsed an attack on the island. This was Saturday, uh, part of Beijing's retaliation for the visit there by U.S. Representative Speaker Nancy Pelosi. That has also included a halt and talks with the United States on issues, including defense and climate change. So you risked, <laughs> you risked those things for this talk. Must be important, right? Pelosi's brief visit this week to the self-ruled island that China regards as its territory infuriated Beijing and prompted military j- drills around Taiwan that are unprecedented in scale and have included missiles fired over the capital. (laughs) 
listen, if that, if, if that ain't one way to show someone you ain't playing, let me tell you something. If if you're having an argument with someone or a little spat with someone and they pull out a gun and shoot the wall <laughs> right next to you, listen, that's a hell of a message you're getting sent there. That's a hell of a message. It's all That message will not be lost. <laughs> that's essentially what China's doing. <laughs> listen, it says, uh, you know, the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blicken accused China of taking irresponsible steps by halting key communication channels with Washington and said Chinese actions over Taiwan showed a move from prioritizing peace resolution towards force. Right? So it, it went from showing peace, signs of peace, to signs of war. Now, this is propaganda. You know, this, this uh, Secretary of State saying this. You know, it's like it's like throwing a rocket and hiding your hand. You know what I mean? Like you poked you poked China. You poked China on purpose. You poked a dragon. And they roared a little bit. Don't pretend. Don't pretend you don't understand why. Which is what what's being done. But remember, this is all about stabilization, destabilization. Meanwhile, China's playing a longer game. And they they get to now use this to up to up their plans, right? You know, part of China's long game is you know un, collecting our debt, you know, being in control of most of our manufacturing, right? This is part of the long game, and uh, and now they want to do something else. We're gonna get into it right now. We're gonna get into it right now. Like it, it's it's pretty. It's pretty interesting how much was risked from this eight hour <laughs> visit. It says uh, TSMC. This is the company, by the way. TSMC is China's trump card against US and Taiwan. All right. So it's possible that Americans will start to care about the U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan once they find out the production of their new Toyota is at risk. (laughs) If strands between China and Taiwan continue to worsen, the People's Republic has a trump card threatening to cut off the island's exports, which include products from pivotal chip maker, TSMC, formerly known as Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, but you know, you know, they don't want Taiwan being a name because you know, it's China. <laughs> that company plays an outsized role. Outsized, I mean, it's, it's a big, big role in the global economy, supplying Apple, Qualcomm, and uh, other industry giants with key components. It should be enough to make uh, even Americans who otherwise remain largely uninterested nervous. Nervous. Now, what they're talking about here is uh, there is sand, right? There's sand that uh, Taiwan exports to the U.S. And that sand is to make silicon, right? Now, 
silicon is used as a conductor for all of our microchips, right? That's why, you know, you know, our tech giants' homes is called Silicon Valley, right? That's why, that's why it's called that. But you can't get that without the sand to make the silicon, right? It's a key component. And the U.S. gets a ridiculous amount from Taiwan. And by amount, I mean like, you know how you would get something from different sources? No, they, they get it mostly from Taiwan. And now China is saying, listen, keep playing, keep playing. And we'll just cut off the export of the sand. <laughs> that, is, that is a masterful plan. Right now, now, mind you, the U.S. is already moonwalking into a recession. Right. We, we won't we won't admit it's a recession. So we got our back turned, but we still going there. Right. That's why it's a moonwalk. We moonwalking into a recession. The last thing we need is a shortage on microchips. You know, everything's a smart device now. Everything, your, your, your fridge, your, your, your stove, your phone, your TV, your, your goddamn air conditioner, your lights. You know what I mean? Like, this is what, this is, this is how life is, you know, this is what life is becoming. And without those chips, you can't keep doing that, right? It directly halts our walk into the future technological walk and it's <laughs> like who knew who knew <laughs> this eight hour visit can risk that it, it's it's astounding it, it's very astounding like <laughs> I, it, it's hard to put into words when we think about it it says Pelosi's trip Earlier this week was the first time a U.S. House speaker has gone to that region since 1997. <laughs> Beijing, which had, which is much stronger now, by the way, just keep that in mind, responded by launching the military drills, right? And, uh, you know, the no-fly zone. And they could start... <laughs> stopping shipments heading to the U.S. It says China, too, would face consequences if they were to make life dif- difficult for TSMC. Mainland chip makers, you know, headset brands, electronic vehicles, and more rely on the $447 billion companies. Like, that's how much that company is worth, by the way. It relies on their cutting-edge technology, just as much as the U.S. rivals. Yeah, but the, the problem is, though China relies on them too, if they're controlling the export, they can get it. We just won't get it. <laughs> it says, still, the strength of TSMC puts the U.S. companies who have many friends in Washington on a back foot. The company's chip factories, which are mostly in Taiwan... Supply, get this, more than half of the contract chip making market, right? So this country, I mean, this, this company controls half of the market globally, right? Just, just get that. It says it's including 80% of microcontrollers used in cars 
and 90 percent, 90, 90 percent of the most advanced semiconductors. (laughs) U.S. companies are just coming out of a global chip shortage because of the pandemic, which already shut down production for (laughs) crazy across the globe. And now the recession because of the, you know, greed and the so-called in this war in Ukraine. I don't think America is uh, is prepared for any more setbacks. You know what I mean? This was a this was a callous move, and uh, I think America wanted to play chess, right? America, you know, I don't think they cared to go or not until China said, "Don't you dare go." So then America, you know, being America. You know, said, well, I'm going to go. I'm gonna make sure we go now. We, we didn't care before, but make sure we go. And, you know, the military escort and all that shit. But they was just thinking about piece by piece. They wasn't thinking the long game. They wasn't thinking about that. Or maybe they was. You know, they're thinking, we want to rile up Taiwan with the speech so they can, you know, start going against China. Boy, they didn't count as China will just cut off the exports of Taiwan. And now you're already in a recession. You got to suffer some more. And that is that is the difference in how the U.S. play and how China play. Let's remember, man, China is old. China's ancient. The U.S. is 200-something years old, man. It's, it's, it's a baby. You know what I'm saying? So, if I'm China, I can I can look at the long game and think about that. Right? I could, you know, uh, they, they, the way they measure time is different because they have such a rich, long history. You know, though the U.S. rocketed to power very quickly, it seems as though they're playing chess with a nation that's playing Go. These are just some of the... Uh, the war games, you know. Now, there's calls to rectify this situation, right? Because it, 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 listen, it kind of got out of hand. It kind of got out of hand, and it, it needs some straightening. <laughs> it needs to be straightened out. So let's let's get into that a little bit. It says, "U.S. must rectify mistakes." on Taiwan after Pelosi's visit. This is what the Chinese embassy says, right? Like, they're, they're, not, they're not playing. They're not playing with them. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, listen, man, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth digging yourself deeper in a hole just to what? Just to flex a little bit more? It's never worth it. And this is what the this is what the US is is dealing with. Now listen, this this the this story is uh you know still developing. Like we'll find out more and more as time passes what will happen, you know. So as it stands right now, these are the war games that's being played. 
Now listen, we're going to take a, a quick break and then we'll be back with the war report. back from a, a a brief break you know bills paid and all that good stuff but uh we're gonna continue to talk about war games but this time we're gonna talk digital you know we love digital but we're gonna talk about the digital war games being played today and since we're talking about china let's uh, let's continue let's continue now get this is listen china is like <laughs> They are on the forefront of censorship, but it seems like everyone's following suit, right? At one time, you would look at China and say, oh, what are they? there's no freedom, you're censoring everything. But now, you know, it seems like uh, the U.S. is doing the same thing. The tech giants is doing the same thing. But let's, let's get into this one story about China. It says China is using technology to delete book manuscripts before they're even published. Like this is a, this is an advanced way big tech is censoring documents, like before it's even published. Let's 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 dive right in because this is this is crazy. It says many countries around the world uh, are these days working hard to take a page out of China's censorship book, which they are, whether to control social media or society itself by implementing some of Beijing's social credit system. People forgot about that. The U.S. is 100% starting to <laughs> get on board, right? Instead of that, you know, they, 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 they starting with the digital IDs. But as a new case shows, they have still ways to go. You know, because China's on the forefront. Not so far as capability is concerned, but perhaps the readiness to use it. It says in China, a novelist writing under the pseudonym me too. Me too. <laughs> Says a document containing her one million word uh, work became inaccessible for allegedly containing illegal content before it was even published. <laughs> that, shit is, <laughs> that shit is crazy. Though it has been shared with an editor last year. But has in the meanwhile been edited by only her. Me Too reported that this happened in June and that she was, you know, WPS, the Chinese uh, equivalent of Google Docs. Like, Chinese have their own version of Google Docs, which is WPS. You know, so it's a cloud-based word processor thing. This is according to the writer, posting late that month on a forum geared towards the literary community the services were spying on her work and in the end locked her out of the draft. The implication was clear. WPS was reading and censoring content, thus comprise, uh, compromising users' privacy. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> she didn't even get to publish it. That's where we're at now. That's where we're at. That's what you can't trust. None of these apps, none of these cloud-based programs, 
nothing, right? Imagine you wrote a whole book in, uh, you know, Google Docs, and they censored it before it could even be published. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, this is this is madness. But at the same time, it's coming to the U.S. Like, don't don't think it's not. Like, we we are not that special. Like, our government drools over the, you know, to be as, uh, (laughs) to be as forward as China is with their censorship. Our government wants to do it too. You know what I mean? They want to get into all your stuff too. China is just on the forefront. It says, uh, the case is in spirit reminiscent of Amazon a few years back, reaching, quote unquote, into people's Kindle to delete George Orwell's 1984 of all books. But this time in China, what is disappearing is people's original work. That is crazy. That is, <laughs> it says, and a few weeks after the reported incident, News about it started to trend on Chinese uh, Twitter. You know, they have a counterpart. It's like a Twitter Instagram called Weibo, right? Uh, with China policy analysis <laughs> firm, China is suggesting that you know local users becoming more aware of privacy implications and the fact that tech companies are beholden to the government to censor them. <laughs> it means cases like these might bring these two worlds colliding right it's it make you wonder right so last episode the war report the tech uh marionette we, we showed how government starts controlling the tech companies you know that's in the u.s so i'm just showing so this is just showing you how it's being done in china which means it's not far from being done here and i'm going to show you uh, a few uh, uh, some more censorship you know, after we get past this, like this is this is next level. But this is the it's a trajectory. Like it, it is a path that we are on, right? Like China is a little ahead of the path, but they're on the same path. We're on the same path as them, and it's dangerous, man. We gotta we gotta seriously push back because <sighs> this is not this world's gonna be unrecognizable. You know, there will be no thing as no such thing as privacy. They're in your homes now. They're in your homes. Like this is disgusting, man. You can't even get your work out. Just think about that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's like censoring thought. It's ridiculous. Like listen, let's keep let's keep going. Let's keep going. MeToo's been able to voice her frustration with the development in a post, claiming that the document she was working on did not contain anything that might be considered illegal, and wondering who gave WPS the right to access private documents and decide what to do with them arbitrarily. This sounds sounds a little, little bit like what Facebook and Twitter be doing. You know what I'm saying? Like... That, that might be the next move. Like, this is crazy. It says, WPS, 
<laughs> reacted twice with statements that said censorship is not applied to local files. But once a user decides to upload and share it online, the service with over 300 million viewer users said it, like all platforms, is responsible for viewing content. And it seems, although it has not been confirmed by the company itself, that the review, quote unquote, process is automatic and initiated once the document is shared, not simply uploaded. Outside observers think this might be a step too far, even for users in the mainland, you know, who are accustomed to stringent censorship. Like even the Chinese people is like, hey, this is this is going too fucking far. And it is. That statement was just bullshit. <laughs> it's just bullshit. Let's keep going. It says, and they note that previously content of this type would usually get blocked once it's been shared with a large number of people, i.e. when it com- becomes publicly visible. However, uh, however frustrating either scenario might be, it is in line with China's rules, namely the cybersecurity law, which explicitly obligates platforms to remove or block content banned by law or regulations. And there it is. That's what happens when you give government full power and tech companies are, you know, they bow to that power. You get this. That's where we're going. That is where the U.S. is going. (laughs) It says, according to reports, Beijing is trying to, you know, (sighs) it's trying to reconcile the need to even increase control of what is shared on online platforms. While curbing tech firms' ability to violate rights related to personal data through, you know, personal information protection law, but could be discovering that achieving the first objective may require those rights to be further undermined. This is crazy. This is crazy, man. It says, judging by the comments left by uh, Weibo users now critical of WPS, the authorities are (laughs) implicitly identified as the real culprit, but one that no one dares to take aim at. The incident and the conversation around it in China is framed uh, by the likes of MIT Technology Review as something native to China's, you know, authoritarian government and the way it colludes with tech companies to keep a tight grip on what content can be shared. And that is like, we are going there. I know I keep saying it. I hate to be repetitive as much, but the last episode explained how we're getting there. They already started. Government already started you know, telling tech companies what to censor, giving them guidelines, and in some cases, giving them actual accounts, ban this person. You know, so this is this is a U.S. wet dream right here, and we're blindly just walking directly into it. <laughs> it's 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 unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate where things are going. It's hard to think uh, we can make a way out. But we can. 
as long as the people stick together, the people has to push back. You know, it can't just be tweets and things that we have to let it be known and, and truly push back. You know, listen, it's starting to happen through, through litigation, through suing these different agencies. We're starting to actually get an idea of what they're doing. But that's not enough. That's not enough. We have to rectify the situations. You know, we have to find ways to to uh, to solve the problem. And uh, it, it's slowly happening, slowly, slowly but surely, right? But let's 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 move to the U.S. Let's move on to the U.S. and see what Twitter is doing, because though Twitter is not at this point, you know, taking your personal. Uh, censoring your personal files. They are censoring everything on Twitter now. You know, though though they allow explicit videos to just live on Twitter, if you say something, you might be censored. And uh, it's, it's becoming ridiculous at this point. So let's get into it. It says, Twitter is continuing to censor scientists involved in an anti-censorship lawsuit. <laughs> it says, despite... Currently being involved in an anti-censorship lawsuit, scientist Mark Changzi is still being censored by the platform. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? They like it's a lawsuit happening and it's still censoring the people from the lawsuit. Like <laughs> they don't care. They clearly, clearly don't care. It says Changzi was locked out of Twitter for 12 hours over a July tweet that included the statement that masks are just one part of the <laughs> of the suit of useless draconian civil rights uh, violating and harmful interventions. So basically he was critical of masks. And uh, Twitter Twitter did what Twitter do and censored him. Mark Chainsy, my client, this is the lawyer, you know, the one representing him. My client in a lawsuit against the feds for their involvement in social media censorship has been censored for this tweet. <laughs> this is his attorney. So this is getting out of control. <laughs> that shit is crazy. It says, uh, what is that? Yoon's, uh, an attorney at NCLA that has joined the lawsuit against the government for its role in colluding with tech platforms to censor Americans. This is the lawsuit I was talking about previously, right? Uh, doctors Martin Kuldolf, uh Janetta Bakara, <laughs> these are funny names, man, and Aaron Kierdy has joined the lawsuit filed by the state of Missouri and Louisiana against the Biden administration over the COVID information on social media. The doctors are being presented, uh, represented by the National Civil Liberties Association. The doctors claim they were censored on social media platforms for expressing views that contradicted the government's narratives about the pandemic. Koldoff, a member of the CDC's vaccination subgroup and former professor of medicine at Harvard uh, and... Pachera, who teaches medicine at Stanford, co-authored the Great Barrington Declaration, which opposed lockdowns and vaccine mandates, 
and advocated for a targeted approach to protect people who are vulnerable to the virus. The two doctors uh, faced pushback from lockdown supporters, including some government officials. Documents that were unearthed recently show that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security work with online platforms to flag COVID-19, what it calls misinformation. The uh, content contradicting the government's official position on the pandemic were flagged, suppressed, removed, or slapped with warning labels. Come on, man. Come on, man. Listen, you see where what happens when tech colludes with government, right? You see the end point that's in China. And now you see how the beginning point happens, which is in the U.S. We got some ways to go. But like I said before, you guys like when I, uh, I ended on a pushback, right? So let's, let's get into some, some pushback on how the people, when working together, get shit done. And why we have to keep doing this to keep these people in check, to keep government in check, and to keep tech in check. You know, they, 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 they tend to overstep their boundaries over and over and over again. If, they, if they're not checked, they will continue to do so. It says, a new bill seeks to prevent the Secret Service from withholding records from its watchdog, Right? It says, amid ongoing issues with investigations into the attack at the Capitol, a Senate Democrat wants to show up records, access for watchdogs and information sharing with, with uh, law, lawmakers. Right. A Homeland Security inspector general has been under fire for his handling of investigations into missing text messages from the Secret Service agents and top Trump Homeland Security officials. In the lead up to the Capitol insurrection on January 6th, uh, you know, 2021. Now, Senator Chris Murphy, uh, a Democrat, uh, chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee panel on Homeland Security, has introduced legislation aimed at fixing issues raised going forward with all IGs. It's It's a quote. It says... While I share the concerns of my colleagues about the actions of the current inspector general, it is also clear that the Secret Service tried to impede the inspector general's investigations into the events of January 6th by withholding records and ultimately erasing texts. This litigation would prevent the Secret Service from undermining the work of the agency watchdog and stop them from keeping the American people in the dark about things they deserve to know. Mm-mm-mm. His litigation would amend the 1978 Inspector General's Act to clarify that the Privacy Act and Presidential Records Act can't be used to deny records. And the decision to deny records can't be delegated to any industry head or director. Hmm. So basically, they're trying to make sure that these fuckers don't get away with it. (laughs) You know what I mean? This is what happens when people push back. You know, listen, you work for the people. 
You know what I mean? Like, just because you have power doesn't mean you must abuse it, especially when you work for the public. Now, obviously, they're hiding this stuff because of their involvement, right? The, the, you know, the messages probably messages probably expose them as helping coordinate this uh, the January sixth attack. But it sets a precedent, a pushback of people pushing back on uh, essentially censorship, right? And, and and government doing whatever the fuck they want to do. People are so afraid of government that they forget that you're their boss. <laughs> Imagine that. You know what I mean? They work for you. They work for you. Not against you. They work for you. And, and as it stands now, we have to keep reminding them that. We have to keep pushing to keep it that way. It will get out of hand as we see in other countries. Listen, this podcast is for the people, by the people, and of the people, right? I am you, you are me. This is the war report. Listen, if you're listening to this, spread the word, tell a friend, share a link. You know what I mean? This is be on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, all of them. All of the platforms where you listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this, share and tell a friend so we can keep pushing this thing. Keep this thing going. Keep these investigations going. Keep this research going. And until next time, man, this has been The War Report.